Well, hey, everybody. Welcome. This is Pastor Tyler Sturkey uh, heading up and hosting New Hope Underground, the New Hope's premier podcast, showing you all the behind-the-scenes stuff going on at our church. Uh, and so we are right in the middle of this series we've been doing called Ephesians in Christ. And each week we've been doing a supplemental podcast to the sermon, uh, trying to, obviously, in a 30-minute time period, can't cover everything that you want to cover Uh in a particular text that we're looking at. And so we've been doing these podcasts and inviting uh, special guests on to uh, kind of hash out the text a little bit more, notice things that weren't noticed. And we always kind of use the the SOMA method, which I'll explain that a little bit more in a second. But first I want to introduce uh, my special guest for this week's episode of New Hope Underground. Uh, you may know him, and if you know him, you love him. He is the auspicious Captain James T. Carroll. Thunderous applause. I had it muted. <laughs> For a minute, I thought we were going to hear this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jim Carroll, one of our elders. What's up? So we, we, are, we are very graced uh, to have you on the episode today. Jim Carroll, one of our elders. What is your middle name, by the way? Lee. Okay, James L. Carroll. That doesn't quite have the ring. I add the T because like James T. Kirk. Captain of the, mm, not so much Enterprise. a Star Trek guy myself. Yeah, no, but, no, Star know. Trek's stupid, but it just works. It works <laughs> with your name. So anyway, J- Jim, how you doing? T Rex, <laughs> good. T-Rex. What up? I'm good, thank you. So for people who don't know, who are just joining us for the first time, first of all, welcome. We're super glad you're joining us. Thank you. Second of all, Jim Carroll is one of our elders at our church, and so uh, that's the forward-facing part of who you are to the church, um, but. You've been part of New Hope for a long time, I think even longer than I've been here. Why don't you just tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, yeah, my wife, Stacy and I, who you probably know better than me because she is up on stage singing occasionally. Amazing voice. <laughs> you know, yeah. But um, we have been married 20 years, and we started coming to New Hope shortly thereafter, so about 20 years ago. And we have three children. Grace, who is a sophomore, Myla is in sixth grade, and River is in third grade. We live in Stewartson and grew up there. And this guy right here that I'm with today is one of my best friends. Yeah. And I'm excited to be here with him and, you know, reaching all the countries and regions that this podcast reaches. So, yeah. Good to be with you all today. Yeah. Super glad that you're joining us today. And so, Jim and I have been in small groups. Over the years, we've studied scripture, we've done ministry, we've prayed for people. Uh, He's a brother in the Lord, and I'm very thankful he's a big brother in the Lord. I consider him a big brother. Uh, He's given me wise counsel many times, and thankful for him. He's down the road a little bit in life than I am, just a little bit, just a little bit. A couple gray hairs. Just a few. I'm starting to get a little in my beard, uh, chasing after you. Um, but you're that person a little bit further down the road that you can look back and say, hey, this is what I've been through, and it's always been wise counsel, so I've always been thankful for you. So I'm glad that we get to hash out the scriptures today. Cool. Um, so yeah, we are jumping into Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 17 through 32. This is the second half of chapter 4 that I preached through on Sunday, and it's kind of picking up the same theme that Paul gives at the very beginning of chapter four about that living a life worthy of the calling you've received. He's kind of covering the second part of what that means. And so uh, typically we're uh, in these podcasts, we've been using the SOMA method to talk about 
the scriptures. And this is a, a method that uh, Pastor Darren, our discipleship pastor, uh, kind of developed a, a way of studying the scriptures. It's an acronym, uh, S-O-M-A, SOMA, uh, for scripture, reading the scripture, obviously, observation, just noticing things in the text, words or phrases that maybe speak louder than others for whatever reason, guided by the Spirit. Uh, then we ask questions of meaning. What did the what did the text mean? What did it mean then? What does it mean to us now? Uh, once we know what it meant then, and then finally, A is for application. How do we live it out? Is there something that needs to be obeyed? Commands that we need to follow? Ways that we amend our lives according to the text? Uh, because the word of God always gets the final word. God's word is more important than our word, and so uh, we always shape our lives according to the word, not the other way around. And so anyway, with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and if you're okay, Jim, I'm going to read the text and then we'll just talk through. I know you have uh, just hordes and gobs of observations you've already made. So many pages. (laughs) Just uh, putting some heavy expectations on you. No, I'm joking. Okay, so I will jump in to read the text and then we'll talk through it. So Ephesians chapter 4, starting verse 17. So I tell you then and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption." Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. All right. So, Jim, since you're the special guest, I will let you take the first shot at it. What are are some just noticing, some observations you made in the text just from the get-go? Well, I definitely don't think this is a light text or message. Oh, he's he's taking off kid gloves, hasn't he? (laughs) Yeah, I think this is boom. Here you go. Uh, I think one of the first things that stands out is in verse 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. Insist on it in the Lord. Mm. that's those are some strong words. I, I think it's like pump the brakes, listen up. Mm. here we go i mean that's like probably like the strongest language paul could use yeah because it's not just hey like I th- guys i think you should take this seriously he's like i'm insisting in the lord like that seems like that's the most uh 
without being spiritually manipulative, the strongest spiritual language he could use to his congregation, to this church, that they need to listen to what's about to be said. Yes. No, that's great. And, and, you know, like you said, he's throwing down the gauntlet. This is some big stuff. And, you know, one thing that stands out to me is just kind of thinking about who is Paul and where has Paul been? And, you know, it's kind of like if somebody's going to give you advice on something, let's say you're a kid playing baseball. Mm. Do you want to hear from the parent in the stand that's just yelling and thinks they know everything? Wait, there are parents who yell in the stands? Yeah, not me, but I've seen them. <laughs> I've heard them. Uh, or do you want to hear from the Major League Baseball player veteran that's got the experience that's been there and done that? Yeah. And Paul is the veteran that's been there and done that. It's not like he is some... Um, you know, church leader that's holier than thou, that's not really lived life. Mm. He, he's been on both sides of it. You know, yeah. he, he came from kind of a dark place and did a 180, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, him being kind of a chief persecutor of the church. I mean, even like that language he uses where he says, I'm the, he considered himself the chief, the chiefest of sinners yeah. <laughs> because, because of his, not just his own rebellion against God, but like his opposition to what God was doing through the Christian church, like, like aggressively and violently opposing it like that. I mean, it just like even thinking about some of the language he uses, like in uh, 17 and on where he's talking about the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their own. Like I just underlined a few of these phrases mm -hmm. darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity. Yeah. Like, which I never thought about it until you like brought that up that I wonder if Paul, I mean, because that's like, that's like a meta comment to the human race. Right. Like of saying that is the condition of the human soul apart from the gospel, apart from Jesus intervening in our lives, like the spirit at work. And I wonder if he's naming those things almost in self-reflection of like recognizing I, my understanding, like when he thought about, I mean, you think about, I mean, we take ourselves like the mistakes we've made in the past and you have those moments like, what was I thinking? Right. <laughs> like when I did that, I was not thinking like, why did I think that was a good idea? That it's like, I wonder if Paul thinking about his life, not just in dead religion, but like actively opposing the church of Jesus Christ and thinking my understanding was darkened. Yeah. My heart was hardened. I'd lost all sensitivity that cause before we started recording, which it's funny, every single guest I have, cause we always like talk before we start recording. I didn't tell you this um, because I will always kind of talk through what, where I'm going to go in my message. Cause I don't want to like, I try not to rehash the same material cause I, this is meant to be supplemental. But then what happens is whoever I have here starts sharing things and inwardly in my heart, I'm like, no, 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 save it, save, save it, save it for the podcast. Because <laughs> Jim started sharing all these things and I'm like, ooh, that's really good. Save it for the podcast. Ooh, that's also a good point. Save it for the podcast, <laughs> which you are, I mean, you are sharing those things. Um, but it's just funny because you, you had talked about that before about just talking about Paul's past. Right. I'm like thinking like that would be a good thing to bring up. And it's like even putting that in perspective, 
opened up a part of that text to me like, I'm kind of seeing that in a different light because he's not just making some judgmental comment on everyone else. Right. Then it's like, I wonder if he like primarily had the target on his own heart of like, believe me, I know what it means to have a darkened mind and a insensitive heart. And, and it led me to, I'm, you know, cause you gave the example of he stood there holding every, watching everyone's coats while they were stoning Stephen, the first martyr yeah. of the church. Like how, how, uh, how much sensitivity do you, like how numb do you have to be spiritually and morally to sit and watch a bunch of people just throw stones at a person over and over again until they're dead? Uh, like, so I wonder if he's thinking, I was there. Yeah. I lost all sensitivity and it took God, you know, Jesus calling me on the road to a or a, uh, road to Damascus and that's when the scales fell out of my eyes and my, my mind wasn't darkened anymore. And for the first time there was a new, a renewed sensitivity in my heart to the things of God. Um, yeah. I mean, because I mean, can you remember, I'm even thinking about my own life. Like, can you remember those moments when your heart began to awaken to the things of God? Yeah. And it is literally like night and day. Yeah. Like thinking about like your conversion, like whenever you can like first came to that, like repentance mindset of like, holy moly, I need a savior. Like something's wrong. Something's broken. And it's like a, it's like a, a light turns on or a switch flips. Um, this powerful stuff for sure. And, and you know, sometimes the best messages that you've given are probably things that God starts working something on your heart personally. Yeah. You know, and you think about if Paul's in prison and he's got all this downtime and he's just sitting there alone thinking and reflecting and, you know, probably a lot of this came from, like you say, you know, him, him just reflecting yeah. and, and thinking about what's God showing him. And, and then it's so powerful because he's been there and now he's throwing it out to them. So I, I think again, just having that credibility, they, they knew who he was and where he came from. Mm. I think that's huge. And, you know, I think the beginning of the scripture, it's just, pump the brakes. This is what's happening. And, and this message he's giving this letter to the Ephesians is as true today as it was then. Yeah. You know, we can look at it and think of it of in today's terms, you know, how easy we can get off track, you know, like for verse 17 to 19. Uh, and then he goes on to verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned mm. when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So it's not like they didn't know, you know. Well, that's what's interesting because, I mean, even him, like verse 20, him saying that, however, is not the way of, uh, you know, the way of life that you learned when you when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Like Paul's saying this isn't a deep teaching mm -hmm. where it's almost like, I mean, like you had said, come on guys, this isn't a deep teaching. Mm -hmm. This is Christianity 101. Yes. You put off your old life and you put on a new one. And so it's like, I wonder how much rebuke is actually in this of him saying, why are you living like the pagan world around you? You came out of that. Why are you going back to it? Right. Like, you know what it means to be saved from that stuff your minds are starting to darken again. Your hearts are starting to harden. You're starting to lose sensitivity. You got You got It's that repentance thing. Like you got to turn around. You got to go in the opposite direction. You know, it's like, you got to remember you took off that old life and you put on the new one. Right. Um, yeah. You know better. 
Because that's, I mean, somehow, that's sometimes how we talk about faith. It's like, oh, you come to faith in Christ, you know, receive Christ by faith, your sins are forgiven. And then it's like, at some point you become mature, like some time down the road, then you start to become more like Jesus. But he's saying like, no, that's like, that's what you do immediately, which I talk about this, I talked about this in my message of saying like, that's where it's almost like he's referring back to that idea where he's talking about how there's like one faith, one Lord, one God, one baptism. Because part of baptism is you're making this baptismal confession of I'm going down into the water and I'm dying to my old life and I'm rising up into newness of life. So he's almost like reminding them that's the beginning. Like when you're baptized, that's like the beginning. That's you putting off the old self and putting on the new. So it's not like someday, 10 years from now, once I've got some years of being a Christian under my belt, I'll put on my new self. Right. He's like, no, it's from the beginning. Like you start as a new person, you know, from the beginning. So anyway, no, that's good. Super good. Uh, yeah, what other what other observations do you see in the text? Well, I think then from there, he kind of, so so the first part, like I said, it's like, well, pump the brakes, you're off track, let's get back to keeping the main thing the main thing. Mm. And then in verse 25, it starts going into, you know, putting off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. You know, stop being fake let's be real let's mm. take off the masks in your anger which i don't know if you remember from my message uh <laughs> but i had talked about that word falsehood there is the greek word pseudo it's where we get the word like pseudonym fake name so it's not just about like me blatantly telling like a falsehood or telling a lie it literally means anything that's fake mm. when i even if i pretend to be something good that i'm not that's what that word falsehood is referring to. It's that word pseudo, which is super interesting. The more I think about that mm. of like him saying like you pretending to be anything is not in accord with the new self. The new self doesn't pretend the old self pretended. And we all learned how to do that. In fact, in spiritual formation circles, the way they often talk about this new self and old self is they refer to it as the false self and the true self that we learned growing up how to survive you learn the things you had to do you had to pretend you had to lie you had to act act and some of it comes from our parents comes from our experiences of things that formed us that formed a particular persona or personality in us known as the false self where i learned like i have to be this way to get by in life but quickly i realized like that's not who i really am that I was conditioned by sometimes very tough circumstances. If you had a tough family life or whatever, um, you become a certain type of person. And so in Christ, it's learning how to, I don't need those things anymore to survive because I have Christ. Now I can be who God actually made me to be, my true self, my identity found in him. And that's who the true self is. That's that new self that we put on. Um but that's a rejecting of any kind of fake or disingenuineness, which is tough. Yeah. Especially if sometimes that brings on suffering or disapproval, like right. in, in, like in the world, but yet so freeing at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on in verse 26 in your anger, do not sin. I think we've all heard this. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. So that, Right there, verse 27, and do not give the devil a foothold. Mm. 
that's that's interesting you know so if we're harboring anger or ill feelings towards others or we're doing these things it gives the devil a foothold you know if we don't address it it's gonna eat away from Mm -hmm. the inside and it just gives the devil an easy end you know yeah and so he goes on from there um later to talk about the importance of forgiveness and i've just seen that so many times that so many people hold on to grudges or anger or struggle to forgive and and i understand there's so many different reasons for that but i've always seen it end up hurting that person that is not forgiving more than it hurts the other yeah and um I don't mean to get off track with, with personal thoughts there, but no, that just stood out great. to me. And, um, you know, from, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, even like verse 31 where it talks about, because he just, toward the end, he just, where it's almost like he's being a little bit more expansive on like the first few about falsehood and anger mm-hmm. and uh, unwholesome talk, which we'll come back to that. That's a hard verse, man. <laughs> I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, but then I, it's almost like Paul begins to realize, oh man, I'm running short on time. So he just starts like naming off a bunch of them really quick, like get rid of bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other in Christ as, you know, as in Christ, God forgave you that he realizes is like, man, there's just a bunch of stuff that I, I don't have time to really unpack all of it. Right. But he starts naming them. But those first few of get rid of bitterness, rage and anger that it's like, I found with myself, like, man, if, which I'm a person who does not like conflict. Yeah. Like there are some people that they like love looking for a fight. And those people are just a mystery to me. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I just, which, and maybe that was my own false self that I le- had to learn how to reject and cast off and bring and put on the new self that, you know, who I really am in Christ that my shtick growing up was I wanted people to like me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was my own insecurities of thinking I wasn't likable or lovable or good enough or, you know, there's probably a lot around that that I should see a therapist about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but some of that was hu- through humor. Mm-hmm. I got people to like me through humor. I was the funny guy. No, I it, can't relate to that at all. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're not funny at all, Jim. Um, but I mean, seriously, like that was a thing. I think that was something, a recognition in myself of like, I use humor, I mean, even in tense situations, I use humor to diffuse the situation. I'll make a, I'm fluent in sarcasm, studied it in college. (laughs) There you go. I have a minor in sarcasm, actually. Uh, And, but I would use that to diffuse situations. And some, and some of that is like, as I've gotten older and realized some of that flows out of a, because I want people to like me. Mm -hmm. And it's hard not to like someone who's funny. And so I want to be like that. But then I realized like that doesn't like sometimes you got to have the hard conversation and actually say, hey, this bothered me and here's why. And that kills me every time I do it because I have to kill off the old self. I have to put off the old self and put on the new, which actually doesn't let the sun go down on my anger. And that's tough, dude. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Um, You know, and he he's basically just kind of bringing it around. He's he's pumping the brakes he's saying where they've gotten off course and then as you just alluded to towards the end he's bringing it back around 
you know, to get rid of that bitterness, rage, mm. anger, brawling, which you really need to work on, by the way, with all the brawling. <laughs> brawling, the, <laughs> and, sh- the shirtless wrestling. <laughs> and slander along with every form of malice. And then the, the biggest pull it all together, the verse that stuck out to me the most that I think is just in a nutshell what it means to love like Jesus. Mm. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And isn't that it? You know, isn't that the the icing on the cake, the bow on the package, you know, just, just bringing it all back together. That's huge. I think it would be an easy, that, you know, as hard as that whole verse actually is, I think that would be an easier pill to swallow if they cut out that last little part. <laughs> but Paul just tags on right at the end. Yeah. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Right. That makes it such a bitter pill <laughs> yeah. to swallow um, because you realize like, all the limits and conditions that we set on our kindness or compassion or, or our forgiveness, I'll forgive people up to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they cross this line, whew, scorched earth, I'm done with them. Right. But it's like, according to that last little phrase, you don't get to do that. Yeah. Did God do that with us? No, in Christ, you know, in Christ, God forgave us everything. Every sin you will ever sin in your life was paid for on the cross. And as long as you turn to him, you can be forgiven. I know that's like, again, that's Christianity 101, but it's like, yeah. like mind blowing. Yeah. It's yeah. just crazy. Remember that guy, Jesus, that died on the cross that <laughs> forgave you of all your sins? Yeah, you might want to be like that. <laughs> Speaking of that, back up to verse 29. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Yeah, I kind of skipped over that, didn't I? Only, yeah, it's funny how that is but only what is helpful for building others up. I struggle with this dude. And yeah. I, ta- I talked about that a little bit in my message that I talk about the sarcasm thing, but again, humor, humor and sarcasm and stuff can become an easy thing for me, but it becomes a weapon that you can wield and it cuts the other way too. I think my biggest, that sounds super dramatic to say failure, but is being sarcastic with my kids. And yeah. I've and I've done it many times. In frustration, I make a sarcastic comment. And then I hear them be sarcastic with each other. And I'm like, oh sounds so bad. Like, where did they get that? I'm like, why are you talking like that? Oh, the reason's me. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I mean, man, that standard he sets, like it's not enough just don't talk like that. He says every like the filters everything sh- you should b- be building building people up yeah. according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen and it's interesting right after that in verse thirty and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God yeah like I'm not surprised that talking about grieving the Spirit comes right after the use of our words yeah I looked that up because I I wasn't sure what that meant grieve the Holy Spirit and, yeah uh, and what I found said to quench or hinder mm. the Spirit from being what he could be in us. Ooh, woof. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough thing to think about that by, and then, I mean, even right after that, even right after that, it says that to get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, all that. Yeah. All of those are like one another texts, Mm. things of like how we treat people that the primary ways we quench the spirit is by how we treat people, how we talk to people Mm -hmm. and how we treat people. 
that's what hinders God's ability to be God in our lives. Yeah. Woof. Little punch to the gut. Yeah, no kidding. And so ultimately, I mean, it all comes back to, and again, I th- and I think this is like what I had talked about in my message was, I think after you really get into this text like we've had, you realize this has nothing to do with self-improvement. You can't just become better at this stuff. Like, oh, I'll work at this and work at that. Like, I really do need grace. Like, I need an intervention of the Spirit in my life. I need to put off an old life, die to myself, and become a new person for any of this to begin to take root. And I, and I understand why Paul says in the Scriptures over and over again, I die daily. Because, like, to live this stuff out... Like, it feels like death. Like, when I've been sarcastic with my kids or I'm a, I'm angry and I know I'm not justified in my anger, that's the worst thing. It's one thing to feel justified in your anger, but when you're angry about something and you know you really shouldn't be or that you've held on to it too long and now you've strayed into the, the quadrant of pettiness, like, you're just holding on to it because of your pride. Ah, it feels like death to let that go. And that's where I think there's the spiritual nature of it of like, I got to die to my old self and like step into that new self that, you know, Christ has called me to be, that he died that I could become. And it does. It feels like death every single time. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to be a Christian, get ready to die every day. It's super fun. That's the thing. That is a daily thing, you know, putting off the old self. And we make mistakes, you know, we we strive for all this. We don't always... um you know, excel at all of this, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's God's grace and forgiveness. And just as we should forgive others, we know he forgives us and we should ask for forgiveness when we mess up. Yeah. You know, and I think you talking about your kids, I mean, I can relate, uh, the Jim Carroll, you know, outside of home is (laughs) he's awesome. You ask my kids, he's not always so patient and not always so kind with what he says. And and I can relate to that sarcasm, but I'm always quick to ask for forgiveness. And I have seen the love of Jesus in my kids and it melts your heart. And, um, you know, that's how we need to be childlike in our forgiveness towards each other. And I just think there's so much meat to this. We could go on and on and on. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's like gut punch, pump the brakes, listen up. This is where you're off. Get back on track. You know, what's right. Mm. It's not like you don't know it. Yeah. Here's what you need to focus on. And this is how you love like Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Which I, which I, you know, I don't think it That's funny. I just had this insight, even you sharing just what you did. Cause I mean, we even had a little bit of confession here. I've just like con- <laughs> confessing our sins to all now of our adoring knows. to all of our adoring listeners. <laughs> um, it's probably why Paul ends the chapter about forgiveness. Now he's using the language referring to when you forgive people, but he ends on this very last idea of just. As, I mean, the last words are just mm-hmm. as in Christ, God forgave you. And I wonder if that was Paul's not maybe not so subtle way of saying hey, I know this is a lot, and as you're putting this on, it's like putting on new clothes. Mm-hmm. It's not going gonna to feel awkward. You're going to want to and sometimes even take it off and put on the old stuff. Mm-hmm. But to know, even as you do these things and you're going to fail in them, remember that in Christ, and that's the theme of this whole letter, in Christ we can be forgiven. Our sins have been forgiven, and you can be forgiven moving forward. Yeah. So that's like Paul's final reassurance, like, 
hey guys, you know, your hearts have been awakened. You're not morally insensitive anymore. So walk in this. And even when you fail, know that Christ is there to forgive you and restore you and grace you to actually live it out and put on the new self. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, hey, Jim, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, We'll have to just have you on some other time and maybe get your life story or that's that's, cool. That's what we tend to do. Yeah. Stuff like this opens up stories we didn't even know were there. People, ideas for interviews and stuff like that. So we'll have to have you on another time. Oh, I am no biblical scholar. I've been listening to all these podcasts and these other guests, as far as that goes, man, awesome. Put me to shame. I'm a simple man, <laughs> but I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on and, and would love to catch up anytime. Well, the, the glorious thing about the gospel is the gospel is very simple yeah. and we need it. So, hey, thank you so much for coming on, Jim, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Da-da-da-da-da-da.